Are the media and government making too much fuss about the recent SWIFT-related heists, which so far have impacted leading banks in numerous leading financial markets? Gartner analyst and financial fraud expert Aviva Lighton says yes, adding that the sky is not falling and politicians should not be so quick to declare that the financial systems throughout the world are insecure. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. Aviva, you recently blogged about the lessons the SWIFT heists should teach U.S. banks about authentication weaknesses, as well as lacking security controls that need to be implemented to ensure that real-time payments are verified from end-to-end. What's your overall reaction to the SWIFT heists? Tracy, when I read the reports and the reaction to those uh, transactions from some of our politicians, uh, I was pretty amazed at that strong reaction they had that our financial system could be in jeopardy, there's frailness in, uh, in the worldwide financial system. The sky isn't falling, Tracy. We have technology and measures that could be put in place to prevent what happened at SWIFT. So overall, I was just uh, kind of amazed at the reaction about the weakness of the financial system uh, that, you know, this could be uh, really Armageddon for financial payment transfers when a few simple measures could have stopped these SWIFT heights. Frankly, Tracy, I was pretty amazed that SWIFT didn't seem to have some of the very basic fraud detection controls that could have stopped this heist. Looking for abnormal payees, looking for remote account takeover, looking for abnormal access. These are all fraud detection measures that the U.S. regulators have mandated that U.S. banks put in. It was pretty shocking to me that SWIFT did not have these measures apparently and relied so heavily on authentication instead. It also pointed out as we've learned over the last few years in the U.S., that fraud detection and mitigation is a shared responsibility between the customers and the banks that they are asking to execute payments. And we read a lot in the media about finger pointing where SWIFT was saying it was the bank's responsibilities and the banks were saying it was SWIFT's responsibilities. It was really a throwback to many years ago, and everyone needs to wake up and realize this is a shared responsibility. When we look at bank-to-bank transactions, many of the same rules that we see with customer-to-bank transactions are not applied. Exactly. Uh, We've put in, at least in the U.S., this is not true all over the world, but in the U.S. we've got a very good guidance from the regulators on what the customer is responsible for and what the banks are responsible for. We don't see that same kind of guidance or rules applying to -to bank-to-bank transactions. So the uh, assumption is by the time the instruction gets to the bank to actually execute the payment, it's already cleared and authorized and the bank can just execute the transaction without doing too much review which is what happened here in the SWIFT heist. So the rules that we've seen imposed on customer-to-bank need to be imposed on bank-to-bank, especially in the era of real-time payments. Because before real-time payments, the banks have a few minutes, sometimes up to an hour, to review a payment even when it's a wire payment. You know, wires are not instantaneous. If it's ACH, there's a day or more to review it. 
So the banks are all used to having the, the review period of the suspect transactions. That goes away, and that even furthers the imperative for bank-to-bank -bank fraud controls because there's no time to get the money back once it moves from a bank to another bank. There's the issue of correspondent banking, too. Oftentimes, the money takes a couple hops by the time it gets to the destination. In the old world, before real-time payments, the bankers had time to get the money back from a correspondent bank. So if they didn't catch the fraud right away, but they caught it a couple hours later, sometimes even up to a day later, they could go to that correspondent bank that was then going to move the money to the destination account and grab the money back and tell them this is unauthorized. Now that time window goes away. So it's even more important that we have good controls on bank-to-bank -bank transfers. Basically, they should practice what they preach. The customers uh, have all put these systems in. The U.S. banks have all put them in between their customers and themselves, but we don't see that in the back-end banking system. So Aviva, what are some of the controls or different types of technologies that could have helped to prevent some of these heists? We have this five-layer framework for fraud detection that uh, seems to work well for our customers and would work well for these big bank-to-bank -bank transfers. So the first layer is looking at the endpoint. Do you see malware? Do you see a remote account takeover? Using some of this new technology, gesture analytics, some people call it behavioral biometrics, where you're looking at the session to see if it's a regular human or not. I think that would have worked quite well in the SWIFT heist. So that's the first layer. The second layer is just looking at the session, how it's moving, is it normal? The third layer, which has to also be done by the recipient, is looking at the account behavior. So using analytics to say, is this normal for this account? Uh, do they usually send this much money to a payee in the Philippines? No, that's a high risk. The fourth layer is doing the same kind of analytics across channels. And the fifth layer is big data analytics by putting all the data in a data lake and using advanced analytics on top of it, you could see commonalities uh, and patterns where criminals are usually using the same tactics to move money around to different foreign banks. Uh, we may have been able to see that kind of pattern with the SWIFT transfers. So these basic fraud detection measures have worked well and have stood the test of time when you put in this kind of layered approach, it almost always works, probably 98, 99% of the time, uh, and maybe even more, because you have to assume the criminals can beat one layer, and maybe even two, but it's highly unlikely they'll beat all five. We've just heard from Aviva Lighton of Gartner. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.